This week on The Reverse Stick, we're globetrotting with Pablo Mendoza from ahockeyworld.net. There's AHL, EHL, Asia Cup, Oceania Cup, all that and more on The Reverse Stick. Greetings and welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, and joined again, as I am, by Matt Allen. Matt, how are you? John, I am fantastic. I'm raring to go for another show. This is episode 18 of The Reverse Stick. What a hockey weekend. My uh, oh, my family were... We had a lovely family day on Sunday, and it was probably the, a few hours that I wasn't engaged in watching hockey somewhere across the globe, whether it be locally here in Perth at the uh, Australian Hockey League finals, or across the globe in the EHL... We had some action from the UK and, oh jeez, it was hockey wall to wall. And summer hockey starts tomorrow night, so I've had my little two or three week break from the end of the season and it's time to uh, start burning off a few of the pounds again. Well, we've got a big show coming up. We're talking to Pablo Mendoza from ahockeyworld.net. Interesting fellow Pablo and a great hockey journey. A great hockey journey and a great hockey website. Yes. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd have to say it, it would be ranked... Oh, I'd, you know, possibly number one, dare I say, as uh, as you go to site for hockey drills and videos and stories, and uh, it really is a, a a complete set of everything you want to know about the game. It's it's brilliant that Pablo's brought it all together there, and I think it's a great service for the game. And and look, he even talks, I think, on the on the the interview about they're now organising hockey tours to Argentina. So uh, Pablo seems like uh, he'd be a great host down there. And, uh, yeah, what a great site at HockeyWorld.net. It was great to hear about it. And uh, if you if you haven't checked it out, get on there, ahockeyworld.net. Well, it's going to be a big show. Uh, I've got that feeling because it's the first time I've managed to get through the intro in one take. So we've better get on with it. News. <laughs> well, Matt, plenty going on in the last seven days in the world of hockey. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start? We, <laughs> we, you know, we have this conversation every now and again, again and say, uh, what are we going to talk about next week? Or what, what, you know, what's coming up over the next few weeks? <laughs> and uh, will there be a week when there isn't anything to talk about? And it just seems to be relentless. What a fantastic weekend of hockey well, around and about. Should we start locally and kick it off with AHL? Yeah, we'll start with the Australian Hockey League. And it was a double delight for the Victorians, uh, the state of Victoria and uh, Melbourne being the capital there. Uh, they had a, a win in both the men's and the women's competition, uh, both in extra time and uh, going to uh, to a shootout, and uh, both against Queensland. So the Victoria Vipers and Victoria Vikings were victorious. And sorry, John. The Vikings. The Vikings, yeah. You're not laughing now, are you? Now you might remember back to a couple of weeks ago we we we, oh, pick, we picked out our. Uh, our four sides that we were expecting in the finals. Well, I, I, I want to correct you there. I tipped Queensland to win the men's and I tipped Victoria to win the women's. Did you? Yeah. Well, I know you went for Queensland for the men's and you, you blanked out on that one. But, um, yeah, we were three out of four in, in both the men's and the women's for the final four that were involved there. We got a little bit wrong on the double count with supporting our home state of Western Australia. Uh, both the WA teams went on to uh, secure fifth place in the in the ranking games um, outside of the top four. And uh, so the two sides that got in on the women's side, the New Zealand development squad, 
uh, were in there with Queensland, Victoria and New South Wales. And on the men's side, the Indian development squad, the India A side, they were in there with Victoria, Queensland and New South Wales. So on the women's side of things, uh, Victoria had a 2-1 shootout win. Uh, that was after they got an equaliser with 14 seconds left on the clock in, in regulation time. And Queensland had scored early on in that first half too, so it was a, a large amount of that game was stalemate. It was. No, I think it was it was a 1-0 uh, a lead to Victoria early on, and then it was two, oh. two later goals for yeah. Queensland, uh, wrestled it back. Oh, I've got the wrong game in mind. I and think. then it's, that's, this is on the girls' side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, and, yeah. Then, and then it was, yeah, Georgian and score and the, the hockey roof with 14 seconds to go. Uh, got the equaliser that went into the shootout it was only a 2-1 result in the shootout Rachel Lynch the Hockey Roos goalkeeper in, in goal for Victoria she saved four of the five um, you know, not bad on the other side from Queensland saving th- you know, three, three of the five as well there um, so Rachel was the goalkeeper of the tournament she was also player of the final uh, in the game there so and it's what you'd expect. She's an absolute demon on the shootouts. She gets low and scuttles around. You know, it's got a good, you know, good big frame. So, a little bit of controversy in that game too, with a, uh, a non-goal that was uh, award, not awarded to Victoria. Many at the ground, and perhaps who saw it at the time, might have thought it was a goal. Uh, Victoria player came in, hit the ball in the air over Maddie Lynch's head. Rachel Lynch. Rachel yeah. Lynch's head. Wrong one. Uh, just lobbed it over the top of her head but when she did so a Victorian defender swung at the, her stick at the ball and I think the umpire has called that that player because the, the, ball raised the ball has made it dangerous has made it dangerous yeah. because of the way the player swung their stick at it Ooh, it looked like a goal to me uh, and a lot of people thought it was a goal but it didn't turn out that way for, and the umpire was straight onto it she just immediately there was no hesitation on her part she immediately blew it and that was her decision but yeah, a little bit of controversy there. Well, the, the first goal scorer in that game was Emily Hertz. She she got, took out the uh, joint top scorer award with uh, Penny Squibb from WA. Um, so Em Hertz, uh, an ex uh, ex hockey roo there. Uh, in the bronze medal match, uh, New South Wales were three one winners over the New Zealand development side. That was a good game. Really enjoyed that, and I think it was a bit of a uh, the surprise package with the New Zealand girls there and uh, played very well throughout all of the tournament. On the men's side of things, uh, as I said before, Victoria were the winners there as well. The Vikings have gone back-to-back, so two years running the, the champions of the AHL. Pretty tight, gritty encounter against Queensland in the final. Um, Daniel Beale, the Kookaburra, um, opened up the scoring in the third quarter for Queensland, uh, only for uh, the captain of Victoria, Chris Sorello, to slot a short corner, bang into the bottom right-hand corner uh, in the in the 52-minute mark in the in the fourth quarter. That game went to a shootout, and uh, Victoria were uh, uh, victorious. <laughs> Hate to say that two times running there. Uh, Johan Durst, uh, the Victorian keeper, was goalkeeper of the tournament. Had a cracker in the shootout, and uh, yeah, really really did the business there. Aaron Kleinschmidt with a absolute stunner of uh, a slot into the top left-hand corner on the reverse to, to seal the win there for them. It was tough luck on Queensland. They put in a, an excellent tournament and uh, had grown throughout the tournament. And uh, their, the player of the final was Robert Bow um, from Queensland. So, uh, yeah, you know, it was a close encounter. It's one of those games that could just go, go either way. And when you get into the shootout, you know, anything can happen. No, it's like strokes, anything can, you know. And I must admit, in the, in the girls' game, it seemed... A lot of players from both sides were a bit laissez-faire about the whole deal. 
And the goalkeepers from both sides were far more energetic and proactive than the, the people coming oh, down yeah, to attack fran- them. Oh, fan- fantastic goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely. was. But at the same token, I think those players would look back on their efforts in that shootout and think, you know what, I could probably have done more or I could have been more... The body language might have been better or I just didn't seem a lot of intent in a lot of them. They well, sort of wandered in and dibbled one way and dabbled the this other way. This is it, though. It's big pressure, isn't it? It's big, big pressure. And I know it's, it's, it's the same with stroke. There's a pressure, but there's a, there's a different kind of level of pressure on, this, on a shootout than there is with a stroke. There's, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's a lot more opportunity, I guess, to, to, to slot it away. But yeah, so if you have any doubt in that situation, then, then you're behind the eight ball, aren't you? So maybe... The idea from the Pakistan Nines tournament about the shootout before the game and remove the nerves and, you know, maybe that's the way to go. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Um, on the AHL? Oh, just to finish, sorry, on the AHL, uh, top scorers in the men's comp, Chris Sorello from Victoria, the big dog, and Kieran Arthur from Tasmania. Uh, in the bronze medal game, New South Wales were 3-2 winners over India. India led for a long period. No, not period. India. Yeah, yeah. India A. Oh, sorry, India A. For the India race, so there's, you know, there was some a good level of uh, full international caps within the side. There are mixed in with the, the development was. guys, and uh, yeah, you know, once again, that that was a repeat of last year's bronze medal match as well, which uh, New South Wales won five one. It was a three two win this time around. The Indians were two 0 up very early, early doors, yeah. and threw it away towards the end. And uh, a lot of the the comment I'd seen on social media coming out of India was why oh why oh why are we doing this again how can we be losing games what you know what's going on with our mental fortitude i don't know that it's necessarily always mental fortitude i thought they played well and they defended well for long periods of the game but i think the problem the indians have is that you can close them down very quickly and take away their options when they're allowed to run in free and open space they're a killer but as soon as you take their space away they really start to struggle, struggle a little bit, which seems at odd with the skillful nature of what we know Indian yeah, hockey. Yeah, well, it's a good, good point that you made there, and I think that was seen in the, the opening game between New South Wales and India, and uh, New South Wales were a, a, a different side coming out in the, in the second half against them and really did close down that space and, yeah. and man up on the players, yeah. Um, we will talk about the AHL a little bit more a little bit later some of the side issues not the results we'll stick to the news for the moment oh, just, uh, just, yeah, yep. just very quickly actually, great commentary and uh, oh, great yes. coverage over the final two days of the competition there hosted by epicentre.tv um, commentary by Ashley Morrison um, you know, who we talked about on the show before friend of the show and Ashley Nelson uh, former hockey roo and Kin Smith down on the sidelines a really great job by the team there yeah, they did a really good job. And the coverage was pretty good. Uh, and we've got to encourage more and more of these companies to get involved and get their skills better. I'm not saying that they were bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm sure they would look back at their broadcast and they'd be picking a few holes out of it and saying, right, we can do this better or we can we can manage oh, Look, this we can always look at Im- improvement. That's, right. I That's think what they should be doing. That's what their job is. Yeah, no, no. I, and, and the great thing is you can go back and watch those games again there. So epicenter.tv. There's also been plenty happening with the Euro Hockey Week over the last weekend as well. Some great hockey going on there. Back to back hockey, wall to wall. Um, yeah, it was it was a three or four split screen uh, setup the oh, other night fantastic. when I got in. And uh, yeah, what a what a what a great tournament. There's obviously been uh, a fair bit of chat about some of the new rules that have gone in, gone on in the tournament there. Uh, but most importantly. 
we know who the four teams from that from the uh, uh, the groups there uh, that are going to go through and join the knockout 16. So uh, I guess the news on that first: Saint Germain from uh, France, Ullenhorst Mulheim from Germany, uh, Blumendahl from Holland, and Racing Club from Brussels. Uh, the the four that will go through to join the the knockout 16 in March next year. And uh, yeah, if you look at the scores, there's some big big scores, and and if you translate it to goals and not points, uh, there's still some pretty big scores and a, and a big gulf between some of the sides there. Uh, there was no joy for the the British and Irish teams. Uh, they all finished uh, out of the opportunities, you know, towards the bottom of the groups. So Banbridge from Ireland. Uh, Cardiff and Met from uh, from Wales and Wimbledon from England, and uh, there was uh, you know the results kind of way you know went the way that you thought they'd go with the, the big sides you know dominated and and scored lots of goals. Yeah, some great hockey. Uh, we have seen though the new goal scoring system come to the fore during this tournament, the game between Paris Saint Germain and Igara, and. Uh, from what I can gather, because I was struggling finding a table anywhere, Igara needed a draw to go through to the next round, the knockout round. Um, they lost 6-4, that's the final score, but each team only scored three goals, and we saw the disparity in the, this goal-scoring system come into play. Uh, it was... <laughs> 6-4 doesn't represent the true score, the, the true nature of that game in any way, and... Um, should have been a three-all draw. Yeah, so Agara scored two penalty corners and a field goal in the game, two uh, corners from uh, Rekasan and Fares and a field goal from Aguila. Uh, and uh, Saint-Germain, uh, three field goals, one of those being a stroke. So obviously the penalty stroke, has, as we talked about... It's come about, off uh, open play. It's come from open play, yep, and not as a result of a penalty corner. And uh, yeah, so 3-3 three, three in normal language. But hey... How's this? I, I was active on Twitter and there's been lots of chat going on with regard to the, the two points and the four points and everything else going on with it. But I learned today that in the US that uh, timeouts are very common in some of the competitions and there are no draws. So we talk about that game could have been a 3-3 draw. They don't have any draws. It's a 7v7 um, overtime playoff. And so next goal wins. Yeah, I'd... I'd Oh look, you popped that one on me. I'm, I'm sorry. Not, um, I just, it just, just, you know, we talk about you know a, a draw in a group situation, and they don't have any draws that, at that's all not over a change that. to the scoring system, though. No, that's you're right. A, the conditions of play. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, it's, it's an interesting one. There's been a, a fair bit of debate going going on on social media this week, and I've enjoyed being part of it. And uh, there's, uh, we talk about wanting to have a, a a simple game, which is the same everywhere. But there are so many different varieties and so many different versions and, and uh, combinations on how the game is played. Essentially, it's a stick and ball game and there's a goal at, at either end um, and we've got a D. But with regard to pitch size, numbers of players, um, length of the game, how we finish a game, is it shootouts, is it penalty corners, is it strokes, is there extra time, is it golden goal extra time, is it limitless extra time? And that's, that is exactly why the sanctity of one point or whatever the goal is a goal that's why it's so important because that is one of the things that draws all of these different things together yeah yeah and when we can have all these differences going on within the same game that one goal equals one goal idea is one of the 
parts we shouldn't touch. Yes, yeah. It's like the feet rule. We should never have touched anything to do with foot. If the ball hits your foot, it should just be a free hit. doesn't matter. And I, I know people say, oh, but what if you're standing in the middle of nowhere? You're not influencing play. Mate, if you can't trap a ball when you're surrounded by nobody in the middle <laughs> of an open field, then and you deserve to have a free hit. hit oh, but what, what if it was a terrible pass, though, John? Well, grow up, princess. Learn to trap. <laughs> that would be my advice. So, what else do we want to cover on the EHR before we, uh, we um, move on? We've done the scoring system. Great hockey. Good to see it being played. Um, especially, you know, seeing t- club hockey and the support that that brings. There was, you know, obviously supporters from different clubs. Obviously, it's easier for some to get there than it was for others. Um, it's a pity that Blumenthal, uh, so dominant. Well, uh, we, we, we saw, we in saw, some ways, but we, that's, we, you know, we did see the ret- return of Jamie Dwyer, um, in last week's show, Stephen. Uh, said, oh, he'd only just landed and didn't know whether he'd be playing. Um, I did see him slot a stroke away in in one of the games, and but quite interestingly, uh, there was a fair bit of media coverage, not just uh, in Holland with with Jamie there, and he seemed very popular and lots of signings with the kids and all that sort of stuff, but also um, finding finding some space in the press in Australia. With regard to his move um, over to to Holland or going back to Holland to go and play hockey, and uh, it's good to see Jamie in the press for that. But uh, there's a few other things that we would have liked to have seen in the press this week as well, isn't there? Yeah, results generally, things like when you have a national tournament, the winner being announced nationally, that would be nice by the national broadcaster. That would be really good. Or, or or any broadcaster, or even a local broadcaster. A newspaper. Maybe it'll be in the community news this week. Who knows? Um, one more thing quickly. Uh, Pakistan Nines tournament. Did you catch any of it? I've I seen, think yeah, the no, final's no, on tonight. Yeah, no, the final is on this evening, and we're we're sitting here at the moment. I think you just click, clicked up the YouTube page. Um, how far away are we? We're 20, 26, 26 minutes. minutes away from it. So if we're nothing else, we're, we're going to still be recording, and we're, <laughs> we're going to give you live commentary on the uh, the shootout that starts out starts out the game. Do you want to tell me who the two sides are? Yeah, are it's Shabir that? Sharif Shahid versus Muhammad Mahfuz Shahid. So the background behind the tournament is all of the the teams that are playing are uh, sponsored or named after military leaders or commanders. Yeah, heroes, I think. Military heroes. Yeah, we might look that up. Um, and uh, there's been a we mentioned last week that Pakistan have uh, taken great steps to improving their social media and uh, website and the website's now up and running. No passwords required. Yes. Uh, it's it's fully viewable, so you can go on and watch the games that they've got on there at the moment. They're doing a lot of promotion with regard to their uh, boys team that are heading out to the Asia Cup starting uh, starting tomorrow, our time. And so, yeah, congratulations to them. Did note that the seven or eight Australian goalkeepers and the three Argentinian or four Argentinian goalkeepers seem to be having a wonderful time out there. Quite a lot of photographs have popped up uh, on the social media. I think a few of them are going home with some textiles. Well, there's a few uh, there's a few visits to the tailors, uh, yes. which seems to have happened. So good on them. Get a wardrobe. Mum might be getting a rug for Christmas. If you can get a if you can get a wardrobe there, boys, why not? And uh, and a couple of camel rides as well. Yes. So that's great for them to be soaking up the local culture. And I, you know, I 
I did try and do a little bit bit of digging to find out, uh, you know, what's the deal that's got those guys over there and, and what's what's going on with that. Didn't find out anything, to be honest. So if anybody's listening that knows, uh, <laughs> drop, drop us a line. We might try and get hold of one of them. Uh, yeah, I, but it, regardless, it seems like a wonderful experience, whether, you know, even if you're paying for the flights yourself, they, they seem to be having a great time and... Uh, and Look, it's it's all part of uh, Pakistan's push to try and uh, you know show that they're a safe country to go and play sport in, and uh, and to to welcome people of different nationalities and to experience the the culture within Pakistan. And we'll be speaking hopefully to someone from Pakistan in the next couple of weeks, Matt. So yeah. we'll get the inside story from uh, those that know. And uh, speaking of those that know, it might be time to get to our feature interview. You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and it's time for our feature interview. Joining us today on The Reverse Stick is Pamela Mendoza from ahockeyworld.net. If... Uh, if you view anything online with regard to hockey, whether it be through the social media channels or you search something through Google, Google it's very hard to miss a hockeyworld.net. So it's great to have Pablo on the show today. Welcome to the Reverse Stick. Thank you very much. Very excited to to have a word with you guys. Um, so yeah, really, really interested in doing this. Now, Pablo, tell us a little bit about a hockey world and also, you know, what your inspiration is for it. Well, um, I mean, there's, there was two years ago, a hockey world started, started two years ago, and uh, it started because there was so much valuable information about hockey and in terms of, I don't know, perhaps pictures, videos, coaching videos, uh, interviews, and they were a little bit, you know, spread around Internet, and if you wanted to, to find something, you have to go and do the search for it. So I said to myself, you know, I see all these other websites from other sports or other industries that what they do is they find something, they put it easy for people to find it. And, uh, of course, always with the permission of the person that created that, that content, always giving credit to that person. But my main goal was to create something that was easy for people to find and a website that the content creators will say, you know what, if this article, this drill that I created gets picked by a hockey world, I can reach more people. And that was one of the main goals. The other one was a personal one, because as I'm a, a hockey coach, I'm a hockey coach and also an FIH Hockey Academy educator, I was like, you know, I need to have easy access to all this information. So I use it personally for my personal use. I, I go to a hockey world sometimes and I say, okay, you know what, um, how about I need to coach a dribbling exercise tomorrow? I'm going to do a site search for drilling and I'm going to get like, you know, 10, 20, 30 drills that people all around the world created them and perhaps I used them. So for me, it was a personal goal to have it for my personal use and as well to, to help others to connect. So I think that's a, a, a fantastic sentiment and it's something we've spoken about on the podcast before is that we're, we're all working really, really hard at our game, all four corners of the world and uh, all developing different training programs and strategies and all this different stuff and and in the main it's volunteers that are doing it so if we can make it easier for all those volunteers around the world to uh, to work together and share ideas then geez that that's got to be a win-win situation isn't it 
Correct, yes. And also for me, I mean, for my business side, I mean, I'm also, uh, I have a master in international business. So I'm thinking that in the next five years, especially now with the Pro League coming in 2019, I think that hockey as a marketplace, it has to grow. And it's a good thing that every year we see new hockey brands coming out and new projects. You know, everybody has like, hockey is kind of becoming like an entrepreneurial sport, you know, with all this innovation, training tools. So in the back of my mind, I was like, there has to be a big website that sooner or later the companies are going to say, you know, I can trust this guy. This guy has this reach. Uh, this website is known around the world. So perhaps I can get my products advertised there. I can get a review. I can get a, an article or something. And for me, from the business point of view, it was a way also to, to help brands to get their products out there. So every now and then, almost every week, I find a new product, something that perhaps a little company in Australia, in Argentina, in, uh, in Netherlands uh, just came out, you know, and I put it there. So last week, we, we, I found like a dining table that was actually a tactical board for coaches. Yes, yes. And so it was the size of a dining table, like a picnic table. I said, like, this is fantastic. <laughs> so I'm going to put it out there. And actually, we made a twist of it because it was not like an, only a coaching tool, but it's, it looks like a cool picnic table, you know. So it, will, it became really popular. And I'm sure that that company probably got a lot of uh, visits and inquiries out of that. So that was also the, the, the business point of view. So give us an idea of who's looking at the website you know what what countries are looking at the website where's uh, where's the viewership and you know just on the quiet you can let, let the potential advertisers know as well well it's it's kind of overwhelming because when I first started the website it was March 2015 and I said you know I'm going to give it one month perhaps two months and if in two months I don't get 10,000 visitors uh, that's it you know it's <laughs> going to be another website you know, I'm gonna, that's it, I'm not going to waste my time on that. And actually, in the first 15 days, I had 20,000 unique visitors. And I was like, okay, this is going somewhere. Wow, yeah. And right now, after two years, we have more than one million, one million and a half uh, unique visitors. And they are from all over the world. Of course, I have the Spanish side that is mainly Argentina and South America. But the English side, the main market is actually, or the main visitors is they come from Australia first, then UK, South Africa, USA, Netherlands, and you know, and many other countries that perhaps the the mass of hockey players or hockey population is lower, but still is is very popular over there. Yeah. Um, is, I was. Is there anywhere? So, sorry, is there, is there anywhere which is kind of surprising to you that there's there's some good hockey interest from, um, barring any um, bots that are uh, trawling the sites? No, I mean, uh, I am extremely surprised with South Africa. Like, I have never had the chance to go there. It's a place that I always wanted to go. I have many friends from there. But every week I receive emails and messages that they're asking me, like, they, they know me. Uh, they, they not only know the website, but they know Pablo Mendoza. And I'm like, how is this possible? That That's so cool, you know? And I really, I really love that. But uh, but it also helped me to reconnect with a lot of my hockey friends from around the world after traveling so much, you know. And they're like, "Oh, a hockey world is you are the creator of a hockey world." I'm like, "Yeah, like that's so cool." So for me, it's, it's actually very encouraging to to listen to all this because it keeps me motivated to to keep on doing it.
Now we spoke to uh, Taf Ahmed from uh, the hockey family in yeah. last week's show, and uh, you know Taf is the main man there with the website and the social media and and does everything on top of all all of other life's challenges that are thrown at him, both with hockey yeah. and otherwise. Is everything the same? That's the same with you. You you do everything with the site and the social media. Yeah, actually, um, Taf is one of the first uh, people that I connected with because the the hockey family started almost at the same time as we did, and um, and we were bouncing off ideas, you know, like this might work, this might not work, like what was your experience in this short time, and and so on. Um, so yeah, I mean, right now uh, I started doing everything on my own. Uh, I did. A, I'm a self taught person, to be honest. So, you know, like. I said, okay, I, I'm gonna. I I know how to build websites since the dawn of internet, but I said, okay, I want to build something that is like going with the current times. So I had to start from zero, like learning how to program, learning the best way to engage with social media, and I consumed so much information just to be uh, informed of the best practice on that. So yeah, I started doing everything. Right now, I have a team of people working together, and I always have people uh, willing to help and to to collaborate. But uh, besides of developing the stories that we do in the, on the website, we also have now like a travel company to receive teams from Argentina. It's from a hockey world. It's just a different branch. So yeah. that is travel.hockeyworld.net. We also have the – now we started pushing harder the advertisement, advertising program. So we're getting rid of all the Google AdSense and all the Internet uh, general, you know, advertisement spots that they are just bothering people. <laughs> so we're trying to connect. Yeah, they, they actually bother me as well. Oh, so right. we're trying to get hockey brands to to connect with us. So we install a system where, you know, it's not like just you go ahead, you put the banner, and you forget about it. No, what we do is we try each month to review the amount of clicks and the traffic that we generated for the advertiser, and we try to launch campaigns, and we do a lot of sponsored content, not commercial, but, you know, like, okay, perhaps... I don't know, this, this, this company, Argentina, just came out, it's, it's going to come out soon on social media. They come out with a new stick to, to do goalkeeping training. So instead of just putting the banners out there, what we do is we create the content and we say, you know, with this stick, you can train this and this and this, and you have these three drills that we just created from a hockey world. Well, so I we're trying to, to engage people that way. I think there needs to be an understanding, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure there is an understanding from the hockey community that if we want to have what's seen uh, as the norm with other sports, so that's websites like yourselves, that's podcasts like ours, that's uh, things like the hockey family, all positive things for the support that, for the sport that bring benefits to the end user, then I don't think people mind having um, subtle, subtly placed advertising which is relevant and they might actually be interested in. Uh, it's it's a reality, isn't it? Yes, and besides, I'm so in love with our sport, not only for what it is, but also for the opportunity that this is a, a sport that I think is going to, 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 to make a big hit very, very soon in terms of the size of the market and the money and the sponsors that move. Clearly, the FIH are doing, an, are, they are doing a wonderful job, but with the EHL, the IHL, uh, the Australian Hockey League now, since two years ago, bringing India to play in, teams yeah, from Malaysia, yeah. uh, the South Africa Premier Hockey League as well. You know, so it's a very exciting time for our sport, and I think that all these innovations that are coming out, uh, they're definitely going to help. Like, 
football hasn't changed. There, there's still the stats in the video ref, and we have been playing with video <laughs> ref for so long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that everything that we can contribute, as you said, from, for example, Hockey Family, you guys with the podcast, that there were, I don't think there were podcasts out there. If somebody tried, they, they like did like two or three, and they gave up, you know. So with all this, this, this push of, not only from the FIH and the, the, the big leagues, but also from these individual pushes that we're doing, I think we're definitely helping the sport to get higher than before, like than ever before. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And, and I think if if you love the game, you're foolish not to embrace what's happening. And it, it is quite uh, indie, very independent, And uh, but w- the people behind it are all very well-meaning to, you know, really want to push the game. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, um, this is perhaps a curious story. Like three, two years ago, I was talking to Simon, you know, the owner from Ovo, and uh, they have been dominated the market since they changed how to, you know, protect the goalkeeper. Yeah. But he was still like, we're still not, we don't want to kill each other with the other companies. This is a friendly competition in the marketplace because we're still a hockey family. Um, I love the the, the name uh, of the hockey family because it is what it is. Yes, you go yeah. to anywhere in the world and you're going to make friends. So you're going to know someone over there even if you don't know the language. And, um, I mean, after being in so many leagues in so many countries, you know, you still have, like, this uh, perhaps uh, social leagues that people from different parts of the world, they're, they're, they're part of one team. And we all still have, like, that common social uh, denominator of, of the sport. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's a very exciting time for hockey. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was Pablo Mendoza from ahockeyworld.net. Ahockeyworld.net, indeed. And look, so I think some really inspirational stuff there from Pablo. And uh, it, it just serves as a reminder to anybody out there that's maybe got a seedling of an idea um, a hockey project that they want to run with and get going, then um, you know Pablo's had a go in it and he's doing very well out of it. It's uh, you know, a million, a million plus unique users to the website shows that there's obviously interest in what he's doing there, and uh, I think it's all part of the the hockey revolution, but not the one being fueled by the FIH, the one being fueled by people around the globe that think that they can contribute to um, to our game. Uh, we'll hear more from Pablo a little bit later in the show, but before we do, there's a couple of uh, Confederation Cups coming up. Um, in fact, they're starting just as about as we speak. In the next 12 hours, they'll be getting underway. Uh, first up, the Asia Cup, at least for the men, starts very soon. In fact, by the time you hear this, it will have started. And uh, there's some ripping games to look forward to here. There's two pools, India, Japan, Pakistan and Bangladesh. Make up one pool. Malaysia, China, South Korea, and Oman make up the other pool. So this is just a men's comp happening just in Asia. Just a men's Asia competition Cup. that's happening between uh, the 11th and the uh, October 15th. No, sorry, for October the 22nd is the final. Um, the game to look out for is on October the 15th. Though Pakistan play India in Dakar at 17:30, so 5:30 in the afternoon local Dakar time it should be an interesting game hopefully it will be streamed but there's no sign yet that that is going to happen I'm sure it will be on TV through Star Sports or an associated sponsor throughout the subcontinent but as far as the rest of us go in the 
other parts of the globe, perhaps we might be missing out. Unfortunately, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, I, th- I did see Star Sports have got it in uh, in India, and uh, there always seems to be a link up with certain certain networks and channels, which often includes Fox Sports here in Australia. Uh, but I haven't seen anything advertised for it. It may well be on one of the more obscure channels. I'm not a subscriber. Yeah. But if there was hockey on there all the time, maybe I would be. For sure. Um, going into this tournament, India, the highest ranked team at six. Uh, the Bangladeshis are the lowest ranked at 34. You've got Malaysia at 12, China 18, Japan 17, Pakistan at 14, and South Korea at 13. So they're all very tightly grouped. There and the, around that number, as far as their world ranking goes, India are looking to take this title. I think they've made no doubt that their intention is to win this, and that probably anything less than a win would be seen as a failure. Um, it'd be interesting to see how it goes. That's what? a tight pull. Japan are a fair team. They've got Pakistan and Japan to get over, just to get out of that group stage. Well, I think so in, in India only recorded a 4-3 win against Japan last time around. Um, we've also got the Tokyo Olympics coming up. There's a lot of money being spent over there in, in Japan. Japan to try and raise the level of the game. I've got a friend who, who's just moved out there who I've played with for many years and, uh, he's just popped out there and he, and, um, sorry, moved out there and he's been watching some of their top league stuff and he said it's really, really good. There's some, some great quality hockey being played there and it, you know, he's in, uh, in Tokyo. Um, just on that, we're, we're in Dhaka. This is the first time the Asia Cup's been had there since 1985. And uh, at that time, Pakistan were, you know, some of the top dogs in the in the hockey world, and they only recorded a one nil win against uh, Bangladesh. So, could be some interesting results coming up there. Yeah, look forward to that. So that's uh, that's getting underway. It'll be underway as we speak. Look out and see if you can't find some streaming of that. The, the Women's Asia Cup is coming up in Japan at Kaka Migahara. I think we need to put that one through the Google Translate yeah, as well we might need for that pronunciation. There. A bit like. Seward Marina. Seward Marina. He might even be there. October the 28th. No, he won't be there. Why not? Because he's going to be with the men. Oh, they're finished. They're not finished. They're well, Indian. They're, well, they're... <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boom, boom. Thank you very much. Uh, he will be there. The Indian women are going to be there. So he might turn up. Well, just to have a look at his former charges. Well, he might have some inside information. Oh. Might, they, the boys might just turn up to support the ladies. But China, Malaysia, India and Singapore are in uh, one. <laughs> they're in one pool. The South Koreans, Thailand, Japan and Kazakhstan are in the other pool. I must admit, it's listed officially as just Korea. I've added the South there. That's my editorial input. But um, well, it might be like Ireland. There might, might be a combined team. <laughs> Come on, John. It's hockey. We're a hockey family, man. Yeah, I'm not sure how far the borders he's, of the hockey family extend. He's looking at me with we disbelief. Might, at we the might, <laughs> we may have a really estranged <laughs> relative amongst the pack. <laughs> uh, the final for that is played on Sunday, the 5th of November. Uh, hopefully, once again, being live streamed. Also starting, well, it will have started by the time you hear us, at the same time as the Asia Cup is the Oceania Cup. A little bit shorter format, this one. There's only three teams, Australia, New Zealand and Papua New Guinea. Uh, they'll be getting away on the 11th. The final will be played on the 15th, and you'd imagine that's going to be Australia versus New Zealand in both the men's and the women's, both going on at the same time. Yeah, so However, but, but good luck to PNG taking, taking absolutely. part there. It's good that they're there. Um, few, few changes, on a late change on the women's team that have gone in there. Oh. Um, friend of the show, uh, Carrie McMahon of the, um, the Hockey Roos, 
broken leg in the AHL classification games at the weekend, oh, really? so she's out of the tournament. Uh, so tough luck there for yeah. for Carrie, but hopefully you'll recover well and be back in the fold sooner rather than later. And uh, sorry, you going to talk about the hockey fives? Yes, I was. Uh, there's also at the same time a hockey fives tournament going on between some of the developing nations in the South Pacific. Uh, taking part alongside Australian country representative teams, teams made up from players who play in the rural areas of the, the, the different states. Uh, there's a men's and women's team, as well as Fiji, Vanuatu, Solomon Islands, Tonga and Samoa, all having a crack at playing the fives. And those games will be going on before the Oceania Cup games that will be take place later in the day, so from around 9am at the Sydney um, hockey, uh, Sydney, Sydney Olympic Park Hockey Centre. It's a rather long name, that one. Um, from you, about you, 9 you, you didn't get it right morning. either. It's a Sydney Olympic Hockey Stadium. Well, there you go. <laughs> but it's at the Sydney Olympic Park it's at Homebush. That's the one. I'm not, <laughs> I don't live in Sydney. Um, so that, those games will be going on from 9am in the morning and then later in the afternoon around about 5 o'clock you'll get your two Oceania Cup games every day. So plenty of hockey if you want to get down and check that out if you're in Sydney. Yeah, great opportunities for some of those nations. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's been some really positive stuff uh, posted by the Vanuatu team who've had a mention in the past couple of weeks. Yeah. And uh, they're thanking uh, uh, Moorbank, Liverpool Moorbank District Hockey Club there for their support. That continues. And uh, so, yeah, have a look at the Facebook page for Vanuatu Hockey and give them a few likes and uh, perhaps you can support the supporters uh, that are helping them uh, yeah, get into the tournament there. It'll be a festival of smiling, that will. Oh, all those islanders there, it will be a festival of smiling. You, you'll have a sore back from all the pats you'll be getting all day. It'll be, a great, it'll be great to be there. Yeah, a great event. And look, another good example of... A parallel tournament being organised. We, there's, you know, we had the uh, the para hockey running alongside the, the Euros, and uh, we've we've got the fives happening here alongside the Oceana. Um, the AHL that's just finished now had the under 13s tournament running running alongside yep. the AHL. So it's great that you can get the whole hockey family together. Really great stuff. And uh, we've also got the Pan Am indoors coming up too, haven't we? That's right. And I haven't so talked much about indoor hockey, but we'll we'll do in the future. We'll get into well, a bit more of it. So you mentioned last week about the Hockey World Cup coming up, and still a couple of spots with just the one spot that was um, up for grabs. Yeah. Certainly from the the Pan American indoor uh, yeah the cup, last one. Which, which which is about to happen. So on the men's side of things, we've got Canada Canada. Mexico, the host Guiana, uh, Barbados, Argentina, and Trinidad and Tobago taking part. So six teams there. That gets underway 16th of October, and there's live streaming of all of the games. All you've got to do is head to eventshub.gy. So eventshub.gy, that's a Guianan site that covers all sorts of different events they have on the island, but some gr- a really great website, lots of uh, clear information to find and uh, looking forward to seeing those games being streamed. Uh, on the women's side, we've got Argentina, Barbados, Uruguay, Guyana, the USA, Trinidad and Tobago, and Canada taking part. So seven sides there, all vying for a spot in the Indoor World Cup next year in Germany. Oh, that's good. And don't forget, uh, we'll try and keep you up to date with all of that as it comes around on the Facebook, in the Twitter, and the facebook.com what forward slash forward the reverse slash. stick come on John keep, he's really struggling with his uh, email addresses at the moment <laughs> a bit of fatigue we've had we've had two or three weeks of absolute nightmares in the studio with computer and, uh, breakdowns lost interviews 
um, speaker issues, microphone issues, uh, but we're back on track. We're raring, <laughs> we're raring to go. And, and prepared. We uh, check out the website as well, www.thereversestick.net. It's, uh, be, it hasn't been updated for a couple of weeks. Well, about five actually it is now, Matt. Which strangely coincides with me getting my hand smashed and playing a hockey game and wearing casts. Yeah, and unfortunately, so we're, we're not. Fis- it'll be coming back. We're so. not fiscally secure enough to uh, <laughs> to be employing people to be our minions and take care of some of the admin that goes on. So, uh, unfortunately, you're just going to get what you get. Have you ever tried washing the dishes with a cast on? I have, mate. Yeah, I'm, I'm very adept. My left hand. It's, it's all about improving your brain power, you know. So I, I quite often brush my teeth with my left hand instead of my right. You're just uh, practicing in case you do break your hand. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with brain power. Well, the, the rate of injuries that I generally uh, that happen to me on the hockey field, there's one coming pretty soon. I've, I'm 12 months free. I'm due tomorrow night probably. You're listening to the reverse stick. The Global Hockey Podcast, time for part two of our interview with Pablo Mendoza. He runs a hockeyworld.net fabulous website. Check it out, that address. I'll repeat it. A hockeyworld.net. You, Type can put, it in. you can put the W's in beforehand if you want to. Or HTTP double slash dot. Just do a search on Facebook, you'll find them there. Do a search on Twitter, you'll find it there. Some really great content. And what's super as well is it's not. You can send your stuff in as well. So if you've got some great hockey videos or you've got, you know, something hilarious with somebody who's missed a ridiculous open goal at the weekend but you managed to catch it on camera, send it in to Pablo and don't worry, he'll, he'll share it with the hockey world. No trouble. Well, we'd better get on with Pablo. Do you, have you realised that our podcasts are getting longer and longer? <laughs> this one's going to set a new record. Well, I've heard a lot of people uh, pop them on to go to sleep at night anyway, so uh, they probably won't realise. It is a community service. <laughs> Pablo, you mentioned their uh, languages and one of the problems we have, well, our perceive, one of the problems we perceive we have is that we're English language and we can't breach over to people that don't speak English. One of the great things you've done with your website is it is available in these different languages and it, it brings everybody far closer together. Yeah, definitely. Um the thing is that the language of internet is English, whether we like it or not. I mean, I speak Spanish and French as well, and a little bit of Italian. And oh, you know, if you want jealous. to get to the <laughs> no, but what I mean is, like, you want to study something. You know, if you don't dominate the English, unfortunately, you are going to have to wait until the translation. And sometimes the translation is not as pure as it should be. So, I mean, I don't. I don't know, like, uh, the language barrier is a thing, but I don't think that it's necessarily something that is going to block our communications between countries. Um, I think it's something that actually, it is funny, if you put a, a person that speaks English with a person that doesn't, but they play hockey, somehow they still communicate, <laughs> and that is wonderful. Yes. There's certainly a language of the field as well, and you can probably just do it with gesticulations of the arms and uh, tone of the voice. Yeah, yeah. You you know if a man's open for a pass, whether whether he's uh, uh, whatever the language he's speaking. Yeah, you know, and and the the other funny thing for me, I mean, or, or amazing actually, it's like perhaps at least in my personal experience, I meet someone from another part of the world. But we share hockey, we share the language, let's say. There's always one person that we know in common. 
always. <laughs> like, I don't know, somehow, you know, oh, yeah, I met that guy, yeah, we were in the workout and we had a beer and then, oh, yeah, he called me for three years. I'm like, wow. <laughs> so, was it, I think that the big challenge here is that hockey is going to continue to grow. We need to keep these value things, you know, these this, this, uh, unwritten laws that we have, this social behavior that we have because we are still a family. Uh, like, you know, the, our sport is known to be a family in every country. So I hope we don't lose that, even if the competition gets uh, tougher or more professional. What What do you think the magic is there? Because I asked Taft the same thing last week. What, what What is this thing that hockey has that I don't know whether it's just we perceive it because we're part of the game and and hockey is our thing, but it seems to be a unique hockey thing. I don't know. I really cannot put it in words. But for instance, you know that the. Argentina won the gold medal, right? So now this this these guys, this team, they're all celebrities here in Argentina, like huge celebrities because people are really big fans of the sport. So they might go on the street and they might get autographs, you know? And I'm like, yeah, play with that guy for like ten years, like since I'm five years old, I know him. Like, and now they're all celebrities, you know? So like when you talk to someone outside the sport and you're saying like, yeah, yesterday I was having a coffee with, I don't know, the captain of the team. Yeah. Like, you were having a coffee with him. Yeah, uh, what's the big deal? Like, you know, so I think it's kind of cool that we still remain the same, even though the sport is growing. And I think that that is the goal. I think that is is mainly the push and the energy that we have for the law of the game. You know, we I, I, I think that even if you ask top players that they are on, social, on, on, on the media and they are very popular, they will tell you, like, you know, when I go back to my club where it all started, I still like to sit down at the clubhouse, look at the turf, watch a team, play with the kids, you know. So I think that that is the thing, the love for, for hockey. Yeah, there's, there's, well, what you've just said, the, those last couple of words there is about the hockey family and about having family around you, whether you're taking your actual family into the club or whether the, the club is your second family. Um, and certainly yeah. my, my club, clubhouse is my second home. Um, I've yeah. got I've got a, a a Google map thing that happens if I come within 500 meters of the clubhouse. My wife gets an email automatically <laughs> um, to let her know yeah. that I'm there, and uh, yeah. she knows I'm safe. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, she knows that I'll get home eventually. <laughs> but I'm in a safe space, and, that, that's, and that's the thing. And, and and whether I've got the kids with me or not, it's 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 that it's that wider family thing and yeah it's uh, I echo everything you say there yeah yeah I, I think that that is the main thing that we I don't know we enjoy what we do definitely and we don't we don't necessarily like make a I don't know like for instance there's let's put it this way the people that are professionals out of this and they can live out of this they're perhaps the 10% out of the 90% of all the hockey population in the world yeah. So I'm talking like high school players, uh, high school coaches, volunteer coaches. Like they're not professional, but they're still there, you know. So I think that even the people that have the chance to make money out of the sport, they still have this spirit that they started with, you know, being amateur people and or non-professional people, and they still have this this spirit inside of them, which is amazing for us. Yeah, and I give you know from my experience, a lot of these guys feel lucky. No, they're lucky, but also have worked really bloody hard for it. Mhm. Um, so yeah, yeah. What What about your your personal game, Pablo? When did you last have a stick in your hand? 
Uh, no, constantly. The thing is that um, I was always, I knew that I was a better coach than a player. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my father, yeah. But it's a family thing. I mean, my father, uh, he was, he is actually an FIH master coach and FIH hockey academy trainer and the manager of coaching of the Panam Hockey Federation. So I remember when I was a kid, I would love to go and play with his, like, uh, the, the, the coaching board, you know, like they had magnets and that was, I love to play with that, and he was like, no, don't play with that, you're going to lose the magnets, you know? <laughs> um, so, coaching for me has has been very natural, and um, I first started playing actually in Australia. Uh, I lived in Perth for two years. Yeah, I did, I did. So, um, my father used to play for YMCA oh, uh, before geez. they became YMCC, right? Oh, uh, Terry well, Walsh's that, that was in Terry Walsh's era, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, uh, so I was playing minky hockey over there, and that was the first time I, st- I started playing. And uh, then, well, I continued when we came back to Argentina, of course, in San Fernando in my club. And uh, I, I think that I started coaching when I was 16, 17 years old, and uh, I don't know, like, for me it was pretty amazing. And having my father, uh, it was very easy for me to get in touch with top coaches, you know, so perhaps I was 17 years old and I was sitting in a room listening to Mark Lammers talk about his experience with Holland. So that was pretty amazing, and that definitely pushed me to to coach. But I play from time to time. Right now I dedicate myself to coaching, basically. Pablo, if you're, if you're looking for a game, you should join <laughs> my team, because come half-time, we're all coaches. <laughs> yeah. So have you, you, you've been in a, a coaching role recently in club hockey at home? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, after 10 or 12 years of uh, traveling a lot, I left Argentina, I think, in 2003, I guess. I was coaching in USA, in Ohio State uh, University. I coached in Barbados at Columbia uh, School. I coached, where else, in France at Cambrai Hockey Club. Uh can't remember <laughs> so many places. Um, but I decided to does come that, back to Argentina. Does that mean there's so many places uh, you were so good or you were so bad? No, no, I loved it. I loved yeah. it. No, no, so good. <laughs> I, I miss actually being on the road, to be honest. Uh, I'm probably going to, to do it very soon again because, I mean, I love to travel, especially for hockey, so I've been in the same place now for almost a year and it's kind of challenging, but it's fine as well. It's a different part of my life. But right now I'm coaching at my club in San Fernando, yes. Fantastic. Oh, that, I mean, all the places you, that hockey's been able to take you, Pablo, you must feel very privileged. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, and the good thing is that, you know, perhaps I still, I mean, besides Argentina, I didn't coach in, like, in, in top leagues like Australia, Holland, or, or, I don't know, Belgium, but I'm still young, I'm just 35 years old, so for a coach, you know, I should be still playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the good thing of being in so many, so many different places is picking all the cultural things and all the coaching styles and all the playing styles. But uh, mainly, I think that is learning the culture of the place and how the hockey players are in the different uh, societies. So for me, it's like I was able to learn a lot from all these places, and uh, I think that it, it has helped me also in my professional uh, career side of marketing and business of having this uh, multicultural uh, background. So I'm very, very happy. I'm very proud of what, what I did and uh, traveling so much. Well, it's obviously reflected through a hockeyworld.net, 
you can you see everything from throughout the globe on the uh, the website there. Um, so people can find you at the site there, but they can also find you on the various social media channels. Do you want to let us know where where, where people can find you? Yeah, yeah. So everything the handle is uh, at a hockey world altogether. I even put a, I put a WhatsApp link to on the website, and from time to time I get messages, and I just love to talk to people, you know. Like I don't have a lot of time, but I always try to reply to the messages, and um, the same with the emails. I reply every email that I that I receive. But for me, it's a way to to still have these connections with with people from other countries and different cultures. So for me, it's a lot of fun to do this. I, I really enjoy what I do. Uh, it, I think you're a lucky fellow, Pablo. Um, and what you're doing is great for the game. And all thanks to you for having done it. Tom, I'm, I'm really, I'm really lucky that I, I like. I, I wanted to do something, you know. I wanted to do something like from ten years ago. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be a, you know, a YouTube show or something. Like I had to find what I wanted to do, but I wanted to make an impact. Uh, and help the sport. So I, I try to do it really hard, and I'm going to keep on doing it. Like it's it's, it's still growing. We we did reach the peak, and the big challenge here is going to be how we adapt what we're doing in a hockey world to the new technologies. So for instance, uh, the beginning, like I was not very friend with friendly with uh, Instagram. I didn't like it too much. We started pushing a lot now of content on Instagram. Um, but you know, like Instagram has grown, has been growing a lot. Twitter has been going down. Facebook is kind of, you know, there. They, they're never going to disappear, but they are still like not as big as it used to be before in different countries. So for me, the challenge is going to be how we stay relevant when all the technology and the trends changes. And we're going to be there somehow. We're going to do it. Well, look, we're, we're going to watch how you're doing it and just follow what you're doing because you seem to be doing, <laughs> doing everything right with it, Pablo. Uh, we wish you all uh, success with it and. And as we we talked off there before, we'd love to get you back on in a few weeks' time and talk a bit more about Pan Am hockey and, in particular, Argentinian hockey. I think hockey in Argentina has has grown and grown and grown and obviously had huge success over recent years. And uh, But still, the outside world only knows a little bit about those players that go and play overseas in in professional leagues and, and don't really know much about what goes on in the heart of Argentinian hockey. So we really look forward to speaking to you about that. For sure. Looking forward to that. That's great. Cheers, Pablo. Great to talk. Thank you very much. And that was Pablo Mendoza from ahockeyworld.net and a great website. Check it out. You can hear that interview in full if you want later on at uh, the website. It's on there under a featured interview from versstick.net, but check out ahockeyworld.net. Indeed. Yeah, great to talk to Pablo. And I, I, I genuinely do look forward to having those chats about Argentinian hockey. Yeah, and, and Yeah, yeah that, it's a um, super opportunity. Now... John, you mentioned earlier on that you'd get onto something a little bit, oh, there's a sigh already. You get oh, onto a little bit later on. So we'll cut to the chase with it. We're, we're, um, running out of time here and, uh, yeah, I'm sure you've got things to go into. Um, AHL, the Australian Hockey League, yeah. super tournament in here in Perth. Great hockey. Um, great hockey, well hosted by Hockey WA. Probably one of the best events that I've been to that, that have been organised at Perth Hockey Stadium and, uh, it, it seems to be the amenities were there and, and the punters seemed happy. So yeah, well, well, well organised and, uh, you know, 
congrats to them. However, some problems. You, well, you went to the news agents on uh, Monday morning, didn't you? After uh, the Sunday night finals, yes. afternoon finals, and uh, you picked up a range of uh, titles from across Australia, and you turned over the back page and. What did you find? Ah, uh, football. Who's getting traded? Oh, a bit of... No, actually it wasn't. It was Bathurst. So it couldn't be Winner football because, because both of the football, major football codes had finished the, the week before. No, so no, were... no, no. If you go back to in, in where we live here in Perth, we have one major news... In fact, we have one newspaper full stop, not even major. We just have a, a newspaper. Uh, on the Saturday edition of that newspaper, with the AHL finals being played... In this city, guess how many stories in the sports section they had on the AHL finals? In the eight to ten pages that were devoted to sport. Is that a rhetorical question? Oh, well, yeah, probably. Well, it would be zero. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to give everybody an opportunity to have a go at home. Well, I'm, I'm going to ruin that opportunity for them and say zero. Now, okay, what, so that's, really that's, disa- that's what's disappointing. disappointing though is, as you mentioned, the local football leagues had all finished the week before. The first five pages of the sports section was taken up with trade talk. Amongst, and now those codes are over, and I know it's news and all the rest, but surely during a trade week we can squeeze in one little article about the national championships being held in our in our city. Well, you, Not you, only you, that. It was across the media nationwide. ABC, the national broadcaster, who, in fairness, has been a very good supporter of hockey over the last few years, nothing, not not a peep out of them. On a whole afternoon of nationally broadcast sport, nothing for two days. Now, now Melbourne um, promotes itself as the sports capital of the world. It it's does. got a very active uh, Victorian and, and Melbourne-centric media. Absolutely. You listen a lot to one of the radio stations. I do. A, a dedicated sports radio station. Victoria won both titles, men's and women's. Guess how much they spoke about it on that particular radio station? What, this, I'll leave this it's one a open to the once again. It's a common number we've <laughs> well, been it's, using. It's not a common number. But <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, it, it was extremely frustrating that the AHL got zero media coverage in this country. Now I've got to Zero. say, I've, you know, I've, I've followed a lot of the tournament and also the the respective Masters tournament for for Masters tournaments for men and women that are happening in, in uh, Hobart and can't, can't quite think where the where the ladies tournament is at the moment. But uh, that's received really good social media coverage from Hockey Australia. So there's somebody there who's working very hard and, and pumping out the, the, the short form stuff and keeping people informed with results and little bits and pieces that are happening. I have to say, there are certain gaps through the day of quite a few hours when nothing comes out at all. So I, I kind of think there's probably just one person, you know, working their, their butt cheeks off on the, on the social media role. And, uh, you can only do so much and that's, you know, that's understandable. Um, but, yeah, to have nothing featured anywhere across uh, TV, print, or even online, not mainstream media. No, nothing. Apart, no, anywhere. A, a, apart from what's come out of um, on on the association's own website, is astounding. It's a it it it, it seems to be there's a bigger issue there, and no, I've, I've done. There's a, a disconnect. There's obviously a disconnect between the Australian media, in some way, shape, or form, and what's going on in the hockey world. Now, whether that's driven by the fact that hockey people don't support the sport enough for media people to bother 
to bother with it. I have a theory, and it's just my theory, that in fact sports editors around the country, editors, not reporters, the people who decide what's going in the sports news, would have looked at this tournament and gone, well, what's India and what's New Zealand doing in it? It's not a national competition. And I think that that's a major reason why they ignored it. My, my experience with on the club side of things and, and building relationships with the local media is one thing you've got to be is is consistent and regular with your um, content and your contact. So you need to keep that relationship there, even if you've got no particular stories to tell, or if you've just got a little something that you know might be a bit of a club promo. Send it their way anyway, you know, with the understanding that you know you probably won't get it in there. But if it's a slow news week or a, or, or a spot appears then you're more likely to get favour go your way because you've got that relationship there. And that's and you know and this and this is it. So where is it, do we have a drip feed that's going through? Is there you know what what's what's the work that's being done by and this this you know this isn't just a hockey australia thing. This you you could apply this to many many countries and associations. You could apply it to your own club within your own small town and the local paper. If you don't do your news your your match reports every week in uh, in your in your town of twenty thirty thousand people, then people aren't going to know about hockey. You want people to know about hockey in your lo- local town because you want higher membership, you want uh, you know more participation, and you want to build your club. So you've got to do the work with the media, and that, it's got to be consistent, consistent, and you need to keep that contact with the people that are that are putting it out there. I think it's a bigger, far far bigger problem than that. I think it, it goes to the heart of some real issues that Australian hockey is going to face in the future. Part, with regard to what? Participation? Oh, being, being relevant. Being relevant. We're no longer relevant on a national sporting scale, which is a real tragedy because we're some of, one of the best-performed Australian well, national teams that, there are. Well, you say that, but there's been quite a lot of stuff that's come out this week. Well, you know, we talked about Anna Flanagan last week. And yeah, she, yeah, but that's a media hype management-driven thing. That's got nothing to do with hockey. Yes, we might have seen Anna Flanagan up on a, on a post, and it might have had f- hockey rude pasted there, but that's all it has to do with hockey. And it doesn't hardly mention hockey. It's got nothing to do with hockey. No. They just use hockey to help promote whatever it is that they're promoting. And a lot of the time it's just something good, but ultimately it's not helping hockey. But the thing with, with, with it is that there is a profile there for Anna Flanagan not because Anna, Anna Flanagan uh, was a really good engineering student or Anna Flanagan drove really fast in a race or Anna Flanagan... It's probably not the right metaphor to use for Anna. <laughs> but it's about, it's about Anna being a popular hockey roo. Who's, but she's who's not re- a hockey roo, that's the whole At song. the moment she's not, you're, no. you're right. But no, so okay, so that, that there's a, a good story or a good narrative being driven by somebody and, there and picked and picked up. Oh yeah, yeah, by, yeah, by, by the press. mainstream and, and good luck to Anna. And it's not about so she she her down. yeah she was on one of the the national yeah. ch- channels last night. So she, she's representing a, um, a charity or a, a movement called Headspace, and it was Headspace Day yesterday. I recognise as well. I, I think it's World Mental Health Day yeah. today. There's been some really great stuff by Are You OK, of which uh, Rachel Lynch and Ashley Nelson, both who had a mention earlier on, uh, are or have been two of the, the ambassadors for that in, in Australia. Um, so there is an in, there's an interest there in hockey through, maybe through the personalities of, of hockey. Um, 
it's sad that we've had nothing and you're absolutely right dead set nothing appear anywhere on national Australian media you do a little a Google search Australian Hockey League 2017 into Google click news well where we are um, the top line story was from the Illawarra Mercury which I have to say have always been fantastic in covering uh, New South Wales and Wollongong sport which is the that's the home of lads like Flynn Ogilvie um, friend of the show yeah. the, the Govers boys uh, you know, a real hotbed for hockey and, and, and they've hosted the Wollongong have hosted the uh, indoor champs the past couple of years um, that's a paper that gets behind the sport but that's number one on Google search on news for the Australian Hockey Hockey League disappointing it is uh, but we've got to get moving because this file's going to be too big for anybody to download <laughs> So, yes, we'll rattle through nice and quickly, John. I know that um, you're concerned about the file size. It's of critical importance that we don't break your machines. Um, so a couple of things that popped up. Yeah, lots of conversations have gone on Twitter, and I've had a bit of fun, fun on there this week. Um, we got a mention from FH Umpires appearing on the show once again, and uh, the comment there was that this is more of an umpiring show than a hockey podcast, so uh, don't let don't let <laughs> don't let them fool you. It's an umpiring show. That's fine. We've also heard it's an Irish show as well, and fastly being dominated by the Irish from Munster Hockey. Thanks for your comments there, Munster Hockey. We did post back saying there's a um, the potential of the reverse Shillelagh podcast being launched in the oh. not too distant future. Bon tish. Uh, a shout out to to everybody at the field hockey forum, or at least the three fellows that helped me understand the rules as far as uh, the game of hockey goes. Um, it is enshrined in the rules about where umpires can on cannot blow the whistle to determine particular offences happening. I didn't realise that. I've got to say, I've never had any problem whatsoever blowing a short corner from 75 metres away. Well, I promise, I really don't. If I see it, I'm going to blow it. I'm, you know. I don't know what the quality of the other the, the other guy or girl is down the other that, end. That is know. contrary to the rules of hockey, my friend. Whew. Well, I've always been a bit of a, a risk taker, a bit yes. of a lawbreaker, John. Thanks to Field Hockey Forum and uh, for posting that information. It was very useful, and I now know. Got any more? No, I think that's it. Thanks very much for tuning into the show, everybody. Great to have you here. Please do share the podcast with your friends if you're on the way to a game or on the way back from a game or if you've got them locked in a room. Chuck on the podcast. Like us on Twitter and Facebook. It's all forward slash the reverse stick dot com. We could do with some more of those uh, iTunes reviews and, uh, and uh, five star ratings. Oh, look. Give us a four-star rating if you can't be bothered with a five. Yeah, and plenty coming up next week. There'll be Asian Cup and uh, Oceania Cup and heaps more going on in the hockey world. Keep looking on to Facebook and Twitter too for those live feeds when they happen. Hopefully there'll be some Asian Cup stuff happening. Till next week, from the reverse stick, take care. We'll catch you all soon. See you, Matt. Love you.